Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today we're talking about the movie Sweetheart from 2019. This movie is about a young girl, I want to say like early college age. Sure. Who was out boating with several friends and their boat was capsized in a storm. She washes up on this island and has to stay alive despite being alone, being hungry, being cold, being attacked by a monster that comes from a hole in the ocean. The usual. And and being attacked by rich white people. Yeah. Lucas was gonna kill her. That is an interesting observation. Here's the deal with Lucas. Okay. Lucas was evil. (laughs) Yes. But it seemed odd to me that he was so evil. Like, the moment he comes on the scene, this is the guy who's her boyfriend. And you're like, why? He's... He's so overtly evil. He's like, because the the whole movie is called Sweetheart, apparently based on just the fact that he calls her Sweetheart. Twice in the movie. And can I say, by the (laughs) second time he called her Sweetheart, I wanted to break into the movie and feed him (laughs) to the monster myself. Yeah. Because Sweetheart in his mouth meant, oh, honey, you are an idiot. You're a girl. You're black. You're poor. You should <laughs> shut up and let me take care of things. Yeah, I forgot about the poorness. Yeah. yeah, he does mention during the movie that she wouldn't survive without his money. Yeah. Something no, like he that. was a straight up Kavanaugh. He was a bit of a Kavanaugh. Uh, that, that was all, like, that was his whole yeah. thing. Like, But it was just weird to me that he's presented right off the bat as, like, he didn't sound like a good guy at any point. He didn't like come off the boat going, Oh, sweetheart, I missed you so much. No, he was like, Hey, sweetheart. (laughs) He wasn't like that. I want to eat your leg like I did Zach's. (laughs) They definitely ate part of Zach, right? Um, I don't know that the movie tells us that, but that's what I was thinking. So the movie did not tell us that, except... That only half of Zach washed up on the shore. Oh, that was Zach? Yep. Okay. That was not a connection I was thinking of. And they had been out on that boat for several days, and there was a very offhand remark. It was something about them being hungry. Yeah, they did say that. But it was, like, whatever it was, it was said in such a way where I was like, oh, you should be (laughs) hungry-er, right? After three days of not eating anything, yeah, they snacked on Zach. Zach snack. He was a Zach snack. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Alex. Yeah, so they definitely, he, I don't know if Mia ate Zach too, but Lucas definitely snacked on Zach. I just, I think Lucas is just one of those people where he was the hero in his own story. He was even the hero for Mia. Poor little ladies. 
yeah, like uh, Mia was on board with that. Like she was going to do what he wanted and and follow his directions because he was the smart one through no actual effort at being smart. So I felt zero, zero sadness <laughs> Yeah. at Maya or Lucas being eaten. Yeah. Uh, the movie does set up a really legit conflict where Jen has been staying on this island for several days. She's well aware there's a monster on the island who's mm -hmm. going to kill them during the night. And obviously, no one's going to believe that. Who would believe there's a monster? So they show up and they're like, no, there's no monster. We're going to stay here on this nice, safe island. And that's a real conflict. She knew for mm -hmm. sure she had to get off the island and they had just brought a boat. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. So she was doing that and they were absolutely sure that that was stupid and that she had some issues. And it, that was a good conflict. And I feel like that really worked out, like how... She ended up getting smacked with the paddle and everything. Like, it all made sense. Right, because when they decided, when she when she finally reached the point where she's like, okay, these two people are not going to leave the island. They're not going to believe me. There's nothing that I can do. She's like, all right, I tried. There's only so much you can do to force someone else to be safe. Yeah. Hint, hint, wear a mask. <laughs> it's another one of these movies. And so she's like, fine, you guys stay here. I'm going to take the boat and I'm going to get off the island because I'm not going to stay here. And their response to that, instead of allowing it to happen and like yeah. being like, okay, we're both going to make our own choice was no, we insist <laughs> that you stay here and die with us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she's taking important supplies. So yes, it was very much that they were incapable of seeing any other side. And I suppose she was incapable of seeing any other side too. I, I agreed with her because I had lived her side. Exactly. Just because she has the facts and the science doesn't mean she's right. <laughs> you got to look at both sides. Yeah. This movie had a few other really good conflict moments too that I noted. Mm -hmm. One in particular being, you know, she had a flare gun. So, so it was established that at one point earlier on, um, a plane goes overhead and she tries oh, to yeah. attract it with the flare, which, ooh, was a beautiful turning point. That was a really good shot. It I wrote was that. amazing because we went from vaguely knowing something was going to happen because we knew we were watching a horror movie, but like yeah. mostly... Well, and there had been hints. Yes, but we didn't know what mm -hmm. but mostly being concerned that she is alone and trapped on an island and you know how is she gonna take care of herself and she shoots the flare gun up and we're watching the flare fall toward the ocean and i was i was already like my heart hurt for her because i was already picturing the moment when the flare light was gonna like fizzle out when it yeah. hit the water right so I'm like deep in sadness for her. And all of a sudden there's the outline of this creature instead. And so you go from <laughs> sad to terror in a heartbeat right along with her. It was, was really good. So good. So good. It was probably one of the best moments of all of the movies we've watched this <laughs> month. But the other moment of conflict that really like stood out to me, both as I enjoyed watching it and as like my writer brain was like, ooh, that was good, <laughs> was we know she's trying to attract a plane. We also know she's trying to hide from the monster. So she's oh, like, yeah. she's like hidden under some palm branches in a hole that she dug in the sand. And the monster's like 
right out there. She's watching it, I think, eat the top half of Zack. Yeah. Because she kept she putting food out for the it. Monster. Um, Zack did not have a good time in this movie. Yeah. At that moment, a plane goes over. So you can feel her conflict, her, her complete division between if I go out there, I will die. Yeah. And if I don't go out there, I will die. Like, yeah. ooh, it was so good. That was pretty good. Another thing, a small thing I appreciated was the luggage boat she created. She opened up her suitcase. I saw you make a note about this one. Stuffed life jackets in both sides, strapped Uh them in, and then tried to get out on the ocean using this as, like, not a boat, but like a little raft that was going to support her. Like a floaty. It didn't work at all. It was complete realism that she could not balance on this thing, and it was just falling apart, and it was terrible. And she was so frustrated. Right, and she's like flailing at it and throws it on the beach and yes it very much reminded me of our niece when she tries to get on the floaties on the in our pool because we have a couple that are like not super easy to get onto yeah that's a challenge it was funny twice she tried to hide from the monster for the night in ways that felt like very poor thinking to me like very poor planning which okay my thought process is as someone who is sitting watching this happen in the comfort of my own bedroom is going to be different than someone who's abandoned on an island, obviously. But to me, one of the key components to hiding from something that's trying to kill you is leaving yourself an exit strategy, right? Yeah. You have to assume that your hiding place is going to fail and you need to be able to get out of there. I feel like that is like the number one thing you think about when you're planning a hiding place yeah none of them had that option no she created this hammock up in the trees out of this rotten old tarp that she found on the beach like that had been there already which would not have held her for two minutes (laughs) much less as long as it did but what when he found her he she didn't know he couldn't climb trees at that point like he's super tall how did she get that high up there i would like to also point out something we were talking about as this happened in the movie Be, right before she put herself up in the trees, the, the two previous nights, she hung things in the trees oh. for it to eat. Yes, that is true. <laughs> so she was training it to eat her. <laughs> yeah. So she, she puts herself up in this tree where there's nowhere to go, but down. <laughs> and you have to assume that at the point that she falls out of the tree, the monster's going to hear if he's not already under there with his mouth wide open. Yeah. And then this, uh, the next night, she, or maybe it was the night before, she crawls inside this old hollowed out log, which was a decent hiding place, except there was no way to get out of it if he knew you were in there, which, duh, he figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, she managed to survive both of them, but neither one of them seemed like a a really smart hiding place to me. Yeah. Well, a lot of her survival felt very arbitrary to me. Like, especially one time the monster straight up chasing her they go back and forth. She ends up managing to stab it. And then right after that, it's just gone. Like, I assume it ran away because it didn't like feeling pain, but it was weird. Like it wasn't like that other times. And just even in the final showdown between them, She had, like, set up the stage, right? Like, she had set all those fires, and she had all these pointed sticks. Like, she was prepared. It was awesome. 
But then, like, every strike she took hit him in a vital organ. And, like, so she ends up stabbing him a bunch of times and doing a bunch of damage. A lot of times. And the only thing this, like, seven-foot monster that's made of claws manages is to throw her into a couple of tree trunks. Yeah, it doesn't. If he had just even tried to do that, tried to just smack her, he would have cut her on accident. Right. She would have been cut to pieces. Yeah, she wasn't being injured the way she should have been injured. Yeah. It seemed very kind of, uh, I guess, plot armor is what you call that. Yes. Which, you know, fine. It was I was enjoying the movie enough that I was like, eh, all right. But still, it was it was a little frustrating. I was also fine with it. And it was kind of because I think the trick is if you make a movie that's just about one person stuck in a situation against a monster, a horror movie, mm-hmm. then immediately I know that movie's a metaphor. If you have a bunch of characters, then it's just a story. But if you have one character, there's a metaphor going on. What if it's, What if that one character is a young, poor black girl <laughs> who is stuck on an island facing a monster having just been hanging out with a whole crowd full of rich white folks. I mean, that could be part of it. That could be a piece of the (laughs) metaphor. But, you know, so for me, it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter how this shakes out. It's more a question of what it all means. Yeah. I forgot to mention the final escape save herself strategy that I felt was ridiculous, which is this is a monster... (laughs) That she knows she has already seen comes from a giant swirling hole at the bottom of the ocean in this bay. Interesting situation. Which wasn't explained at all. It was just, this is just a thing. She seemed to be okay with that, too. I liked it. It made it more mysterious and monstrous than if Mm -hmm. it had, like, you know, a cave. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't think it needed to be explained. So she knows that that's where this monster comes from. He is an ocean dwelling creature. Who comes on land to hunt at night. Yeah. So her big, I'm going to stay safe plan is to get on an inflatable raft, life raft, and go, like, venture out into the ocean? I mean, she had to get off the island, so that's the only direction you've got. (sighs) I suppose. But also, I feel like her... Her eventual decision to just stand her ground and kill the thing was the smarter idea. Yeah. I'm not sure why she didn't put two and two together and go, well, if I do that, he's going to attack me on the ocean as well. I mean, he, to that point, he had only ever come out late at night. So she figured middle of the day, we should be good. Yeah, middle of the day when she knows he's in the ocean. You gotta get past it. She should have waited until the middle of the night when he was stomping around trying to eat Lucas. I feel like he would have seen her. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's probably true. So if we go back to your point about metaphors then. Metaphors. What do you think this movie was a metaphor for? You know, I'm not actually sure. There are kind of two main roots to it. And I guess they're both sort of the same. They're both about being a marginalized person. Different kinds. One's about women. One's about black people. So it's felt like kind of just a metaphor for the wave of agony that comes at you for being marginalized. You know, the the pressures and problems you face. Mm. Which is not 
that doesn't really say anything. So I don't know. I think I see what you're saying. Just that, that these challenges, challenges that she was facing were so, you know, big and overwhelming and whatever. I think there was also an element of having people believe what you say and believe in your own competence. There was a part, this was while Mia was laying in the water, pouring blood out of her mouth. I thought, you know, you should believe women. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And they definitely didn't believe, neither one of them believed her. But that was also an element of the story. I wrote down cry wolf element because there was a yes. whole thing about how she had lied about things previously. So they're like, come on, this, uh, this super fake thing can't be true. So I wonder how that even fits into the ideas. I did have a question though, at that point when Mia was revealing this, the one time, just like <laughs> yes. that time that you said that you were mugged when you weren't. And I was like, all we have is Mia's word against Jen's word at this point and at this point I've seen that Jen is telling the truth (laughs) and I strongly suspect that you and Lucas ate your buddy so I mean of the two of you one of you seems more trustworthy than the other right now but her response to that was not like wait that's not true she was she just made a face like ooh yeah very close to the end of the movie there's a voiceover that Jen does as she you know like the island is burning and she's hacked off the monster's head, I think, and she's getting ready to take it with her. And she says in that voiceover, the truth doesn't always come with receipts, which I think, again, ties into that piece. And the fact that she, I think what was happening at the end, it was really hard to tell, was that she had taken the monster's head and now she was preparing. Was she going to get back on that boat? Or she was somehow she was keeping the monster's head as her proof that yeah. this had happened and that maybe she was hoping that the giant forest fire she had started <laughs> was going to attract some attention or something. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. And that, and a couple other things make it seem like the focus of the story is this boy who cried wolf thing. And yeah. that now she's like, now I've got some proof. So deal with that. But I don't, I don't, the metaphor is beyond me. I liked it. I did too. I did too. And I almost feel like this is one where I might be tempted to watch it again to see if I can figure out more about it. This is one where I feel like I don't completely understand it. And that's on me, not on the movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think I think it, the movie did what it was trying to do. And I just didn't catch all of it. I liked the way that they developed Jen's personality at the beginning, you know, she's not happy that she's stuck here on this island, that she's capsized, that, you know, she's abandoned, that Brad is dead or not dead. Oh, nope, he's dead. Yes, he um, is dead. But she doesn't waste a lot of time feeling sorry for herself. Or while she feels sorry for herself, she does what needs to be done. Like, she starts looking around. She walks all the way around the island, I think. I think that's what that suggested. It seemed like it, yeah. She investigates. She finds some things that previous people had left behind, which makes me wonder how many times do people get stranded on this island and why hasn't somebody set up a, like, (laughs) let's check this place every once in a while? They do. They fly a plane over every couple of days. (laughs) But really quickly, like by the second day, she, oh, she finds a bunch of fish stranded on the beach, which I suspect... 
the monster chased up there. They, well, I mean, then there was also a shark that had been cut to pieces, so. Yes. So I think, at first I was like, ooh, is there some kind of supernatural thing here where, like, the island is going to be feeding her? But yeah, it wasn't, I was wondering that, too. It wasn't like that. It, I think I think that the monster probably scared this school of fish into beaching themselves, but which was good for her because she was able to yeah. eat them. But then she also, like started figuring out how to make pointy sticks and how to go out and like stab fish. And she took a sharp rock and like hacked through a fish. She wasn't happy about doing any of it, but she was like, this is what I have to do to stay alive. I'm going to do what I have to do. Yeah. And that was her all through the movie. And I, I liked that about her. I liked that she didn't waste a bunch of time. Yeah. It was very straightforward survival. Mm-hmm. much better than I would have done. That was, it was something I saw. I don't even know when I saw this. Some point after choosing this movie, I saw somebody's review and his comment was something about how he was so frustrated with her terrible survival skills. I'm like, you would hate to see me on this island. Right? That was way more impressive than anything I could have ever done. Yeah. It felt very realistic to me too. Like she didn't know what she was doing, but she was, figuring it out yeah and yeah i mean i i was annoyed with her hiding places too but also (laughs) i don't have a better idea for her (laughs) yeah i mean what do you do there's barely any island yeah it's possible some people might be put off by how almost callously she acts like you know she she kind of just shuts her emotions off and is like i'm gonna cut this fish apart i'm going to string up the top half of this dude I spent the (laughs) week on a boat with, he's dead. He's not going to care. It might save me from being eaten by this monster. Like she was being very pragmatic and I appreciated that. that, I think that could be something that people would be upset about. Like that it, it comes across as cold or uncaring, which maybe ties into some of what the metaphor is too. Like there might've been something in there that, you know, when you, you do what you have to do to survive and people who have never had to do whatever it takes to survive mm. don't necessarily understand what it takes and to they survive. show up and they question you and they're like, why are you doing that? Right, right. Even though push comes to shove, they get hungry for two days and they gnaw off somebody's legs. Like, yeah. you know, at the same time that they're criticizing her for how she stayed alive on the island, they're secreting the their shameful thing that they did i mean i feel like that all ties into it all right yeah i like that my last little comment is she found a bottle of pills left over from these people and late in the movie she gets the bottle of pills and she's like okay i'm gonna take this Mm -hmm. and she brings it with her on the boat with lucas Mm -hmm. and i thought she was gonna drug lucas to protect herself or she was gonna end up feeding the monster the entire bottle of pills which would finally be a way to kill it it disappeared disappeared i was disappointed in that i was waiting to see what kind of smart thing she had come up with yeah to do yeah same and i was disappointed that uh she didn't do anything with them she should have used them to well it never showed what kind of pills they were either well it might have we saw the label but i couldn't read it i don't know i don't i don't think we saw enough like, I couldn't even tell from how quickly and how small the writing was, like, who it belonged to or anything. Yeah. So, I, I didn't know, I mean, are we talking about painkillers? Are we talking about, you know, antidepressants? Like, what <laughs> what was this? 
heart medication. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't, it, it didn't set that up. So that was a little like waving of a red herring over in the, on the side. And I wish it would have been more. Yeah. I'm not sure what the point was. I wanted her to use them to make um, Mia and Lucas fall asleep so she could steal the boat. She would have gotten away had she done that. That would have been cool. Of course, then the monster would have eaten her. So what are you going to do? Yeah. But it would have had some free meals on the beach. Maybe it would be interested in that. Maybe. Ratings. I enjoyed watching this movie. I really liked the woman who played Jen. I thought she did a really good job. To that end, I thought that the people who played Mia and Lucas did a good job, too, because I hated them. (laughs) And I think I was supposed to, so... Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought it the whole thing was good. I thought the monster was a little overdone in places. Like it was scary, but it was almost so in your face that it yeah. then stopped being so scary. Yeah, I thought it was like a very Godzilla-y. Yes, but but like <laughs> like Godzilla meets the deep. The superhero? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a sharky Godzilla. Like, if Godzilla were real scrawny. Yeah. And... Well, he was not meaty. He was... No. Yeah, and his head was real small. That's what bugged me. Yeah, it was very, like, almost dragony. Yeah. Then, once it, we we were watching him in the water, it was just a dude in a fancy scuba suit. Well, of course. Like... <laughs> Come on, use some CGI or something. No, people like rubber suit dudes. <sighs> no, I thought that was very disappointing. Like, I was already a little disappointed with how much I saw of him right. on land. It's too much seeing of the monster, no, for sure. The, the, he's off in the distance, and you, there's red light behind him, and we see mm. his silhouette. That was scary. He's right there in full you know, firelight on the beach in front of me having a pushing fight. Yeah. No, not scary. And then he's swimming around in a scuba suit, (laughs) even less so. I definitely think that there was a message in this movie. I feel like I sort of got the message, or at least there was enough to it that it could make me think of a message. Either way, I'm happy. I I enjoyed this movie. I I think I would watch this movie again. I think I would recommend that people watch this movie. So I am going to give this four bottles of Coke of indeterminate age out of five. Yeah, I think there are a few things that pull it down from being the perfection. The mysteriously disappearing leg injury we didn't mention, but just instantly gone. The mysteriously she, disappearing she just pills. Washed that gash off in the ocean. She washed it away. So the injury, the pills, they both disappeared. Mm-hmm. The monster was indeed, it was, I mean, he was a rubber suit guy and it was shown too much. So that was problematic. But yeah, otherwise it was really good and. I know there was something there, and that I, it's always nice to think that there's something there instead mm-hmm. of assuming there isn't. So I will give this four and a half Ooh. Coke bottles of indeterminate age. All right. Out of five. And that's pretty good. Nice. So that wraps up our review of Sweetheart. What are we watching tomorrow? Tomorrow's movie is Host. From 2020, an important distinction from The Host, which some earlier year, and is Korean. This is an American film, I think. And it is a Zoom meeting movie. It's with the host of the Zoom meeting, so this should be good. 
I am loving this idea, particularly because I consider Zoom meetings to be somewhat horrific. I think everyone does. So let's enjoy. Tomorrow's movie. Tomorrow's movie. Now you're laughing. Tomorrow's movie. Tomorrow's movie. You have to stop. Okay, I'm going to stop laughing and you're just going to say your sentence. All right. Okay, go. Tomorrow's movie is the host from 2020. Oh, wait. That was actually wrong. I have to start. <laughs> you're laughing.